Hey guys, I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. And we are beginning a brand new series, like a self-titled album called... Fresh Faith. That's right, Fresh Faith. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive into Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to dissect it, and we're going to spin it, and we're going to give you uh, some ways that you can keep your faith ultra fresh. It is so important. Sometimes our faith just gets kind of stale, but we need to get fresh. That's right, and we're going to do that, and we're going to teach you practical ways to do that in this series. Thanks so much for watching. Here we go. Hey, what's up? Welcome to session three of our self-titled series, Fresh Faith. If you haven't yet, go back and watch session one, Fresh Faith, and then watch session two, Forward Faith. Today, session three, Full Faith. Full Faith, F-U-L-L, Full Faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 39 and 40. The last two verses, verses of this chapter, they say this. All these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. It's interesting. We're going to break it down, but I want to go back a little bit because in between session two and then these two verses, there are a lot of stories, a lot of illustrations in one of the greatest sermons ever written here in Hebrews chapter 11. In fact, it is amazing how structurally this sermon is written in Hebrews 11. And, and so it goes on to explain faith to us. It says, by faith, Noah built an ark, even though it hadn't rained yet. By faith, Abraham went out, not knowing where he was going, and still went anyway in faith. By faith, Sarah, when she was old, gave birth to a son. And it goes on to talk about all these different people that we read about in the Old Testament. And it goes on to tell their stories and how the things that they did, they did and accomplished in faith. In fact, it even breaks down in one of those verses and says, for without faith, it is impossible to please God. For those who seek him, or those who have faith, or those who do seek God, they first must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Let's talk about that just for a second. It says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. In other words, without the tangible expression of the invisible, it's impossible to satisfy God because what he desires for you is faith. He desires to make visible the invisible power of himself. That's what he wants for you. So he is not satisfied until he's able to get that through to you. And it's not that it's not there. Oftentimes, it's just that we don't recognize it. And then it goes on to say, for we must believe that God is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, it's a foundation in order to have faith to believe that God does exist, because now you're looking for proof of God. And I know it seems far-fetched sometimes to some people to believe that there is a God, but my personal opinion is that it's more far-fetched to believe that there's not a God. I mean, look around you. Nature is proof of a creator, 
There can't be creation without a creator. Someone had to blueprint it all, and his name is God. And it takes, it, 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 it takes that belief, must believe that God exists, and they must diligently seek him. How can you experience a God that you don't even believe exists? See, what happens is in our lives, we begin to seek and look for the presence of God in our lives. And because God does indeed exist, wherever we look for him, we will find him. And so we become one who walks with God and we have a fresh faith when we believe that God exists and we diligently seek him. Therefore, we find him. And the reason is because the second part of that says he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. In other words, if you seek God, if you look for God and you try to encounter God in your life and you're looking for him, looking for him to move, you're trying to notice where he's already moved in your life, you will see him and that is his reward for those who diligently seek him because where you begin to notice God, it begins to multiply because now you are grateful for his presence in your life and gratitude brings multiplication when we're talking about the things of God. So when I begin to notice God's presence in my life, that is a reward for my diligently seeking his presence in my life. And when I see his work in my life, it makes way for more work for him to do in my life. And so that's, that, that's in that section, but then it goes on beyond that. And it talks about how Enoch walked with God, and by faith, God took him away so that he would not see death. By faith, Abraham went to offer Isaac as a sacrifice before God sent a rescue. And by faith, all these different things have happened. And it goes on to talk about how by faith the walls of Jericho fell, though they were never touched. Simply a sound caused them to collapse by faith. By faith, doing something visible to prove the invisible presence and power of God. And it goes on and says, I don't even have time to tell you about. And he lists all these people, Gideon, and what he did, and how the mouths of lions were shut, and how God showed up in the middle of a fiery furnace, and all of these different things, and the, basically saying everything is proof of uh, faith and God's existence and presence in our lives. And that is what the author says. And then he gets to these two verses, the last verses in Hebrews chapter 11. All these, all those people were approved by their faith, through their faith. How did God approve of them? Through their faith. Faith takes action. Not one of those stories were lack of action. Every single story, the reason it's a story is because someone took action. Action is faith. Faith is action. It's not passive, it's active. What that means is you can talk about your faith all you want to, but until you do something, it's not really faith, it's just an idea. Maybe that's why we don't experience transformation in our life. Maybe that's why we don't see God work in our life is because we never do anything great enough for God to have to show up in our lives. I don't know about you, but I don't want to live my life passively. I want to live it 
actively, completely full of who he is so that I'm going to step out. And if he doesn't show up, it's all over because that's what it looks like to take a step of faith, to take a leap of faith, is to have a chance of failing, but to go anyway. And that's what it looks like when we take action and that action becomes faith. Take action on the presence of God in your life today. What is it? What is that action step? What is it that's a risk? Go take it and go chase it. That action, that step is faith in your life. Faith that the power of the invisible God will be made visible to you as you go out and take on that action. So it says by, it says all these were approved by or through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. Hmm. They didn't receive what was promised, and it's almost like, why did they step out, and yet they did not receive what was promised? Let me give you an example. Abraham, the promise was that he got, if he went and left where he came from and went out into the unknown to do what God told him to do, then his descendants would outnumber the stars in the sky. See, he had a, a promise of seed or a promise of descendants, and we call that the Abrahamic covenant, the promise God made with Abraham that he would bless his offspring. It's a, it's a, it's a seed promise. And so Abraham dies not ever seeing that fulfilled. And then there is the Mosaic covenant, we call it in theology. The, the covenant, the promise God made with Moses that if he took and led the people out of Egypt, that he would take them and God would provide a land that was flowing with milk and honey, a promised land. It was a land covenant. First, there was a seed covenant with Abraham, and then now the Mosaic covenant is one of land. So, so far, God has promised seed or offspring in the Abrahamic covenant. Now he's promised land in the Mosaic covenant. And then there's this promise with King David. He promises a kingdom. So now there's the Davidic covenant, we call it in theology, where he's promised an eternal kingdom be set up. But guess what? At this point, when the writer of Hebrews is writing, Israel is not a nation. Rome is ruling the world. So it seems as if David's kingdom has not been established. They are no longer living in the land that was promised to Moses. And the offspring is not as numerous as the stars in the sky. They're still a small people. So although they had faith and God approved them through their faith, acting in obedience to God's promise, that was their faith. And acting in obedience to God's promise, they died never having received the promise, is what the verse says we just read. Abraham never saw the descendants, the offspring, as outnumber the stars in the sky. Moses had never seen the promised land. David, his kingdom was no longer established, even as the time of this writing in Hebrews. And none of those things are, are, in, are in place. They're not visible, yet the author says, By faith, all these were approved through their faith 
but they did not receive what was promised. Since, thank God for that word, since, since, it goes on, since God had provided something better, that's a theme of the whole book of Hebrews that you would see if you read it, is, is how Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than sacrifice. He's better than the law. He's better than all these different things. And here is just another example, and he's talking about Jesus when he talks about faith, and he says he provided a, a something better, better, something better for, watch the language changes. It says these, right, all these were approved through their faith, but they did not they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us now he's not saying us and them as in us and as opposed to the other people we were talking about who lived in faith he's using us as in us with them us collectively they did not receive what was promised since God had provided something better for us all, so that they would not be made perfect or made whole without all of us. The language isn't verses or comparison. The, the language is actually inclusive. So he's talking about those people and then he brings us into it. Now, now let me read it again and I'm going to put emphasis on it and see how it makes sense to you. Since all these were proved, all of these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us so that they would not be made perfect without us. The promise, had they did not receive the, what was promised because God provided Jesus, which is so much better than the land, which is so much better than the seed, which is so much better than the kingdom and seed. I'm going to teach you something, and, and that is that when God promised Abraham that his descendants would outnumber the stars, he was thinking, establishing a people group called Israel is what Abraham was thinking. And, and he didn't know it would be called Israel because it was named after his grandson, Jacob, and all that stuff. But that's not, that's not what he was talking That's not what he, he was talking about. See, Abraham thought physical. God was talking spiritual. And then he promised Moses, I'll take you into the land. Although there was a physical land, it was a spiritual land. And then he talked about David and David with the promise of the kingdom. And he thought it was a, was a physical kingdom and it was a spiritual kingdom. See, we are the spiritual offspring. And all the believers and followers of Jesus are spiritual offspring that outnumber the stars in the sky. And we put them all together over time. We are the fulfillment of the, prophets, of the promise of God for Abraham. Through Jesus. He is a better fulfillment of the promise. And then, and then it says Moses was promised the land. Well, the, the, there's, a, there's a spiritual land that we are to take hold of. And, 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 and that can look like a lot of different things. That can look like the soil of our hearts. That can look, that, that can be us as the land. That can also mean the spiritual world, and we're taking it and making it the holy land. We're making it 
uh, a land that, it, that, that flows with spirituality and with the presence of who God is, and it's a spiritual land. But then with David, this, this kingdom and all of that is attainable through Jesus. He, Jesus sets up his eternal kingdom, and he was from the lineage and line of David, and so he's talking about a spiritual kingdom. Although they did not receive what was promised, since God hath provided something better for us all through Jesus so that they would not be made whole without all of us. In other words, although they existed before Jesus, what they were promised is actually fulfilled in him so that they would be made perfect, they would be made whole when they are included with all of us who follow after him. He fulfilled the promise through Jesus and is continuing to fulfill the promise through Jesus so that we all will be made whole in and through Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises that God made, those covenants that he made with his people that now exist in us. And I don't know about you, but I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he chose to allow us and to bring us into the fulfillment of these promises so that we can be made whole with them through Jesus. What's up, everybody? Make sure you hit the share button and share it with your friends. Thank you. We want to invite you to donate to our ministry. Your donation helps us reach thousands of people with this message. www.freshface.xyz See ya! And then, and then as we wrap this whole Thing up and, and, and he's talking about the promises. They did not receive the promise, but will all be made perfect. They won't be made perfect without us and how it's all inclusive. And it makes me wonder and makes me think. I wonder if we aren't still a part of fulfilling the promise that God had made with his people over all this time. And it's our faith that brings forth the fulfillment of the promise of God in our lives. It is faith, I'll say it again, that brings forth the fulfillment of the promise of God in our lives. It is faith that brings forth the fulfillment of the promise of God in our lives. Oftentimes I wonder, just like Abraham, just like Moses, just like David, and even the disciples were looking for a physical kingdom. I wonder how many times we get so focused on the physical. We get so focused on what's happening around us. We get so focused on our needs. We get so focused on what's happening in our lives and the chaos in our lives and in the needs of our lives and what's happening with our family and what's happening with our finances and what's happening in our country or what's happening in our realm of the world that we miss out on what God's trying to do spiritually through us. I wonder if I'm so focused on what that person said about me or what that person did to me or what that person thinks about me that I miss out on the spiritual impact that God wants to have through me in the world around me or maybe to that person. That, that it's not really about my physical needs. It's more about the spiritual life that I can bring into the world. It's more about what God is trying to accomplish spiritually. And I think sometimes we get so focused on the physical things that we have. Are they wrong? They're not wrong. They're just sometimes a distraction from 
from the spiritual things and accomplishments and, and progress that God is trying to accomplish in the world. I think that oftentimes we need to look beyond the physical, and the physical is really just a reflection of a spiritual issue. In fact, I think that all things are spiritual. I think that if, when we look around in our lives and we see these physical promises that might seem to be unfulfilled, that might seem to be undelivered, that might seem to be that we were faithful to God and we stepped out in faith, but God wasn't faithful to us when in reality, the opposite is true. God fulfilled his promise. He just didn't do it the way that you were looking for it because you were so focused on what you could see. You were so focused on what you could hear. You were so focused on what you could touch that you missed out on what he was trying to do in you and through you spiritually. See, if you get spiritual part right, everything else follows after it. If you focus on the spiritual kingdom, the physical kingdom is in place and intact. And even, here's the beautiful part about it, is even when I don't receive the physical land, even when I don't receive the physical offspring, even when I don't receive the physical kingdom, the spiritual kingdom and the spiritual land and the spiritual offspring are things that satisfy when those physical things don't, and, and, and they are not able to be bought. They're not able to be attained or achieved. They're simply received when we walk in faith, following Jesus, knowing that he is the author and finisher of our faith. Ooh, that he is the one, when we're talking about faith, who, who, who initiated faith. He is the essence and culmination of our faith. And he also is the finisher of our faith, knowing that he who began this good work in you will be faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. See, it, it, it's when we know we have Jesus and he's better. It's when we know that the spiritual blessing is the only thing that can satisfy when we're trying to find physical things to satisfy it to satisfy us. There is no substance. There is no act. There is no amount of money that can satisfy the spiritual thirst in your soul. And you can try and you can chase and you will never be satisfied because there is a spiritual thirst in your soul that can only be satisfied with who Jesus is. And it takes faith to step out and do something in the spiritual realm, knowing that you may never see the promise fulfilled in the, in the physical realm. It's the faith of knowing that it's better. It's the faith to do it anyway. It's the faith to step out and say, you know what? I'm going to make a difference. Is it, is, is, is it going to put us out? Maybe. Is it going to cost me some money? Maybe. But it's what God would do. It's what Jesus would do. And I'm going to pursue him knowing that he already has my days planned. He already has my future, my promise, the fulfillment of it in his hand, ready to deliver it to me spiritually. I may not see it physically. I may see storms physically. I may see pain physically. I might see hurt physically. I might feel it emotionally, but spiritually, I'm good. Spiritually, he's got me. Spiritually, I'm made whole. Spiritually, we are all in this together. We might have lived in different periods of time, but spiritually, we are all 
one because physically we were different. Physically, we were separated. By time, we were separated, but spiritually, we're all together, and now the verse makes sense. So that, it goes on to say, so that he provided something better for us, so that they would not be made perfect or complete or whole without us. Meaning, we all are a part of the fulfillment of the promises spiritually spiritually. And then, and then it goes on in the next chapter. And it says, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us race with endurance. Let us fight with tenacity. Let us keep marching forward in faith. And what he's trying to say today is that we are not alone. Right now, I'm speaking to you and the year is 2020. So if you're watching this in 2025, great, congratulations, you found our first series. This is the year 2020. People are calling it the year from hell. We're in the middle of a pandemic called the coronavirus. Nobody really knows what's happening. It's all crazy. Hurricanes are everywhere. It's a crazy year, y'all. Crazy year is happening here. We're, I, right now, I'm in 2020. And I think sometimes, well... My grandparents, they don't know. They're, they're just oblivious to what's happening today because this is 2020. You didn't have to deal with those things then. Or back in the Bible, they didn't have to deal with Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever platform you're on, Twitter. They didn't have to deal with all of these things. And they didn't have to deal with, with, with all the struggles that I have to deal with because that didn't exist back then. But, but, but what you got to understand, and sometimes it can also make you feel alone. Because there are times where you feel like you're facing something alone. And, and, and what the writer's trying to show us is all of these people who've gone before, they've all struggled, but they all stepped out in faith. And they're not separate. See, they're separate physically, but spiritually, they're all with us. We're all on the same team. We're a part of the promise. We can't give up now. We got to keep stepping forward now. We can make a difference now because we're all in it Together, from Moses and Abraham to me and you, we're all in it together. From them to me to my grandchildren and great-grandchildren that don't even exist yet, we are all in it together. And that's why it says we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. And so since we are, let us run this race and focus on making a difference in the world around us. And it's a little, it's a little weird to talk about because it's like, wait a minute, are all of the dead souls around us, we're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses? And I would have to say, yeah, based upon this scripture, and they're cheering us on, which tells me something else. And you don't have to buy into that or anything like that, but based off the scripture, it tells me this. It tells me that not only present is there something physically, but there's a whole spiritual kingdom around us that is eternal, and we are a part of it, even though we're here in the physical, and one day we'll be a part of it spiritually. And in that, it's made perfect already because it's it's in the presence of Jesus because that's his kingdom, and that's why Jesus taught us to pray this. Your will, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, physically, as it is in heaven, spiritually. And that we are to take the invisible and make it visible. That we're to take the good and the justice and the purity and the love 
and the grace and the forgiveness and all the good things of who Jesus is, that, that how he runs his kingdom spiritually, and we are to bring them about through ourselves because now we are spiritual because Christ lives within us. Because of that, we channel that and we bring that into reality through the way that we speak, through the way that we live, through the way that we love, and through what we say and what we do. We bring the kingdom of heaven into reality on earth so that people can experience who Jesus is through our lives. And that is called faith. That's what it looks like to have a full faith. A faith that goes beyond me. A faith that is bigger than me. A faith that's bigger than my beliefs. A faith that's bigger than, than what I understand and what I read. But it's not just me. It's not just tied to my culture. It's not just tied to my family. It's not just tied to my country. It's not just tied to my tradition. It's tied to every person who has ever lived, created in the image of God. I am not alone. And it is a faith that is full and a faith that is active and a faith that I can put into practice today, here and now, because that's why Jesus created me. And that's why he created you. And so I wonder to you today, and I ask to you today, what are you doing physically to bring about the kingdom of God in the world, in your life, in your world? Maybe maybe when we pray for things to change and we pray God do something in their life and, and God help them meet that need. Maybe he said, I did. I put it on your heart. I put you there so that you could bring about that in your world. It's a challenge. But when you put that into practice, you will live a life that is full of faith. You will live a life that is full 